Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. In case you're new, my name is John, by the way, with my wife Louise, we're the pastors here at One Church Gloucester. Thank you, team, for leading us uh, so well this morning, and they'll be back in a short moment because... Uh, next Sunday, Christmas starts. Mm-hmm. Now I know, only half of you go, woo, and the other half of you died a little bit inside. Now, if, uh, in case you're new to One Church, uh, Christmas starts early at One Church. We don't apologize for that. We love Christmas. Gives us a great reason to celebrate. Gives us a great reason to focus on Jesus. We know it's an awesome opportunity to talk about Jesus to more people than ever other, any other time in the year as well. So we don't really apologize about, about it, but I'm just warning you, basically, that next Sunday, Christmas is coming to one church. Right? The, we'll have decks up, music. If you've got kids in OC Kids, they're not so lucky. They've started Christmas this morning. I, I, put, my, I put our oldest two into kids this morning. There was Christmas music being pumped out through those doors. And I was like, that is going to be fun this afternoon. And they wanna, they're going to want all, all that at home as well, aren't they? Um, uh, so that's next Sunday. We're going to tell you all about our carol services. We're going to tell you about ways you can be involved in that and uh, what we are doing as a church and collectively how we can make that happen. That's all going to come next Sunday. So we found ourselves in a moment this Sunday where uh, what do we do this? What's the best thing that we could do for One Church Gloucester this Sunday? Uh, so we're going to call this Sunday Calm Before the Storm Sunday. Right? Today is Calm Before the Storm Sunday. Because whether you can be like, your decks are already, has anybody already got decks up? There is some. Oh, well, well done. Wow. What's the right response? Don't know. Uh, some, you may already have your decks up. This may, you may already like, have done your Christmas shopping. Who's done more than three quarters of their Christmas shopping already? There's some of you people out there. You are unreal. And I am impressed and slightly embarrassed. No, that's good. Uh, so regardless of whether Christmas is this like, yes, I cannot wait. Let's get Christmas started. Let's get Christmas going. Or Christmas comes with enormous dread, like the stress of it, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, difficult again by presents, And, you know, sometimes Christmas comes with a whole lot of uh, emotional weight as well. You might not be able to see somebody that you love this Christmas. It might, Christmas might remind you of some uh, more difficult times or some sad times. And yet for you, it isn't the sort of joyous occasion that everybody else seems like they're, like they're having. Regardless of whether it's like joy and celebration or pain or difficult or whatever it is in between, it's coming and it all hits us pretty hard, right? All hits us pretty hard. We know that because that week in between Christmas and New Year is just a black hole of time because we all just go. So that's coming. So instead of starting Christmas even earlier, we said what we need is a calm before the storm Sunday. And I think you all know know what I mean by a calm before the storm Sunday. In case you don't, it's a uh, not Sunday, calm before the storm. Uh, It's an English idiom that, that uh, that means that there's a moment in geological terms, that before literally a storm, before the wind kicks up and the rain comes down, there is a moment when, get this, the high pressure goes and is replaced immediately by low pressure, and just for a brief moment, it's like, something's going to happen. But it's a pause, it's a beat, it's a moment, it's a gap, it's a waiting, it's a calm before the storm. So knowing that's coming, 
We said, let's do a calm before the storm Sunday. So the team have led us in worship this morning already. I'm just going to share a short devotional. And then we're going to take communion together and ready our hearts, ready ourselves to say, Jesus, it is all about you at Christmas. And whatever you want to do in me and through me, whatever your expectations are for this season, I want to make sure I am ready for it. And I'm going to take a Sunday and go, (gasps) and go like, okay, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Does that make sense? So that, that, that's, what we're, that's what we're going to do. So we've allocated this. We know Christmas is coming. We know what that means. But today is calm before the storm Sunday. I and mean, if you have a Bible or a Bible app handy, can you go to Luke chapter 6, please? We're going to go to Luke chapter 6. And uh, I'm going to read a passage from verse 12 to 19. But while you're turning there, I'll just give you a little bit of a setup of what the bit we're going to read, the context that that lands in for Luke, who's one of the gospel writers and his job to exp- uh, give a, uh, an understanding and give a, a biography of Jesus' life and ministry. And he packages this chapter. So if you have a Bible app or a Bible open, you'll notice at the top of this chapter, chapter 6, it will say, um, Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath being this uh, old tradition of taking a break, taking a day off, making sure no work is done. And that, that time was protected. That time was, uh, was ensured you, uh, you ring-fenced that. And there were certain laws and rules even that would ensure that that day off was a, that there was a day off. Who could do with one of those? So we get this, and the reason I wanted to show you this, you, you see some of these stories in some of the other Gospels as well, but the reason I wanted to show you in Luke chapter 6, because it's a really interesting way in which Luke is presenting this idea of how Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, and he starts, we're not going to read the first uh, 11 verses, but he starts with the story of uh, Jesus walking, walking along with his disciples. And they did that thing that some of us do. When you're walking along and there's like berries hanging off a tree, you, like, you pick them and you throw them at your kids. Good. There's enough laughter to know I'm not the only one that does that. And, uh, you know, you kind of like just you know, pick a leaf off a, a hedge that's overgrowing into the pathway a little bit. They've done that. There's some grain overhanging the path and they just uh, picked it off and uh, just kind of, you know, rubbing it between their fingers. And maybe they sort of snacked on the bit that they, the, the bit that they broke off. And, and some people saw this and people, religious people saw this and said, like, you are technically, you're harvesting that crop, which means technically, you, you know, when people use technically too many times, they're not nice people. And so technically, because you've picked that, and technically you've been harvesting that wheat, technically you're working, which means technically you're breaking the rules of the Sabbath. Jesus responds to that in a very clever and Jesus kind of way, but he declares the Son of Man, which is one of the ways that Jesus used to describe himself as the Son of God in a much bigger context, is the Lord of the Sabbath. It tells another story of a, of a man that they come across who needs healing, and uh, this, this man had a shriveled hand, it said, and there was an opportunity Jesus saw to heal this man of his shriveled hand. And man stretches his hand out and he's healed forever. It's amazing. But again, they're going, isn't that working on the Sabbath? And so you, you, The setup is Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. There's two stories of what he's done. And then it continues with verse 12 where it says, uh, uh, on one of those days. All right, can you guess what the those days were? Sabbath days. The story is about Sabbath, so when he says on one of those days, he's still talking about Sabbath, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he designated apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, 
and Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, spoiler alert, who became a traitor. Come on, Luke, get your storytelling sorted. Verse 17, he went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples were there, and a great number of people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of all their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and all the people tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Then it goes on to give an example of part of Jesus' manifesto, the Sermon on the Mount, the this is what it means to live the kingdom of God here on earth. Now all of that comes in one big package that Luke describes as when Jesus says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, here's what it looks like. Number one, it looks like fully understanding what it means to Sabbath which wasn't for Jesus when he came to fulfill the law or to fully embody everything that the law was there to, to be able to do. He, he showed a way to embody that beyond just box ticking and helping the people that say technically a lot. He found a way to, to fully live out what it meant to Sabbath. And in that wider context of this chapter, we see that it's, there's, a, there's a moment that starts with retreating to the mountainside to pray. So he goes... And from this place of Sabbath, he's able to live out the ministry and calling that he has. So so the first thing was he showed this is how you fully embody Sabbath. Here's how you fully take a rest in this moment. The second thing he did uh, coming out of that moment, out of that calm before the storm moment, out of that deep breath moment, uh, he chooses his apostles who become the, the, the people who lead his ministry even after Jesus is killed and, and resurrected and ascended to heaven. There's, there's like a kind of, there's a, there's a purposeness that comes out of that. The, the word is purpose, thank you. There's a purpose that comes out of that. There's a, there's a, a deliberate m- moment of Jesus stepping into something now which culminates in the manifesto of the Sermon on the Mount, which is the third thing. He says, I'm going to, and he begins to minister to those around him. People with impure spirits were clean. People who needed healing, they were healed. Where did all of that come from? It came from... <gasps> okay, now... If ever you read uh, the Gospel of Mark, he, it talks a lot, like it says, immediately Jesus went to hear. Immediately Jesus went to hear. He uses this word a lot, but, but even amongst that, it's like immediately Jesus withdrew to, to pray. There's so many times that Jesus would perform a miracle and he would say, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anyone yet. Why? This isn't the storm yet. This is the calm before the storm. And if I don't embody Sabbath in this moment, If I don't receive this moment of closeness and oneness and prayer and connection with my father, then this storm is going to be a whole lot harder. Note that it's not the calm before the avoidance of the storm. It's the calm before the inevitable storm. And that's why we're having calm before the storm Sunday. And what we're going to do now, we're going to take communion together and we're going to go... And I'm going to encourage you, this just really practically, here's, here's how we're going to do it. The, the team have got uh, buckets of these uh, communion cups. They're these little individual cups that we're using at the moment to, so that we're not all putting our hands over bread and juice. I'm sure you appreciate why. And so they're not ideal, but they're definitely what we're using at the moment. And the team are going to spread themselves out in a minute. And what I'm going to ask is this, that you guys, uh, uh, whether you, if you're with your family today or whether you're with some friends today, uh, one of you, go and grab, grab a handful of communion cups from the team. Bring them back to your friends or to your family. I want you to take a moment this morning. We've got time for this. We're going to take some time and then the team are going to lead us back into worship over this. But the most important thing is this. Do what you need to do in this moment to go, Jesus, you are with me and I am with you.
and my focus is on my focus is on you this this season because uh, next week we're going to talk about all the events and we're going to say, yeah, would you like to help us? And would you like to connect in with, uh, you can serve on a team and help us make the carol services and we can be part of one big team. We're going to ask all of that next week. But I want our hearts to be ready to know, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for what it's going to mean to lead my family well in this season. I'm ready for what it means to look after myself well and those around me in this season, to show the love of Jesus in this season. I'm ready for that. It's come from, going to come from this moment of going... Uh, if you've come to church on your own today, uh, I'm going to ask people to, to invite you to join their f- little friend groups or family groups. If you'd rather not do that, just say no thank you. That's going to be all right. Um, but I'll ask you if, you, if you see someone on their own, it, it, bring them in, pray together, say, Jesus, we give this time to you, we give ourselves to you, we give our lives to you, and we want to be ready for what you want to give to us to receive in this season. Is that okay, everybody? All right, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray. And then feel free, take some time, take communion together. So Jesus, thank you that you are the Lord of the Sabbath. Thank you that you are modelling this stuff to us all the time. Thank you for the... And I pray as we breathe in, what we breathe is the breath of God. I pray just as it's described in Genesis 3, that you're, uh, you inspired us, you added breath to us, that our lungs, humanity's lungs were filled with your breath. I pray that whatever we need in this season comes not from our own strength or from our own power, but by your breath and by your spirit in us. So as we breathe in, we breathe in you. Would you ready us, challenge us, stretch us, prepare us amen Uh, send someone come and grab a couple of cups or a few cups bring them back serve your family serve your friends pray together take communion together and we'll worship together as well